Hi there, and welcome to the First Baptist Church of Oregon City Sermons Podcast. I'm Pastor John Witham. This sermon, titled The Losers, is from our Good Friday service. The text is Matthew 27, 45 through 55, and the supplemental text is Matthew 27, 32 through 44. Our worship services take place in our building at 819 John Adams Street, which is the corner of 9th and John Adams Streets in Oregon City, Oregon. We also live stream on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash onebaptistchurch. For more information about our church or to financially support our ministry and mission, visit our website at onebaptistchurch.org. May the grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. What do you see when you look at Jesus on the cross? It's a question that we have to ask ourselves every year, at least once a year. It's a question we can avoid, I suppose, but looking away is itself an answer. The sign above Jesus read, King of the Jews. And it read it in enough languages that no matter what you were able to read or speak, you knew what it said. You can look at Jesus and you can see love. Because we're told in John chapter 3, in that old familiar verse, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And then we remember verse 17, that the Son of Man came into the world not to condemn the world, that the world might be saved through him. And so we can see love. We can see salvation. Around Jesus is a crowd. It wasn't uncommon for uh, crucifixions to happen in groups, for a, for a whole lot of them to happen at the same time. It, it saved time to get them all done at once. Do it in batches. And so Jesus was surrounded by other people being crucified. And there were people who had known Jesus who were nearby. Not any of, not, not many of the 12, John, we're told. But Jesus' mom. Mary. Mostly women had the courage to come and be with Jesus at the foot of the cross. We see an angry crowd shouting, crucify him, and taking joy and glee at every whip, every beating, the crown of thorns that was pressed into his skull. 
at the stumbling. And that same crowd had hailed him as he entered the city only days earlier. You see Romans, you see Jews, you see people who are drunk on their own power. And to a worldly perspective, and when I say worldly, I mean to this perspective of our world gone wrong. Our world that has this preposterous, absurd idea of evil. Not to say that the idea of evil is preposterous. We don't, <laughs> I don't have to convince anybody of evil, especially these days. But in a good creation, when God created and blessed and said, it is good, the idea of evil is preposterous. We don't have good language for it in scripture, and so we struggle. We struggle to describe it, we struggle to talk about it, but we don't struggle to experience it because we know it and we live through it. We deal with it and we perpetuate it. And so in the, the evil power of the world that has put Jesus on this cross, we may see love, we may see God, but the world sees a loser. Jesus isn't king of anything, that perspective thinks. The sign is a mockery. It's truth in farce. Because the charge leveled against him was blasphemy. The Jews didn't want anything to do with him. They wanted him out of the picture. The Romans just saw another person who was going around proclaiming to be king, and they weren't going to tolerate that. So they put this loser on a cross. Victory to the Romans came at the edge of a sword. The, the so-called Pax Romana, the Roman peace, was the peace that came when you had conquered all of your enemies. In other words, when you could control them with a the sword, you had peace. They didn't. You did. And what the Jews wanted, the Jews wanted their own particular sort of dominance. And they didn't really want it in the way that God would become king, at least not the way that God was offering to become king. Instead, they traded an insurrectionist, someone who attempted a violent overthrow of the Roman occupation. They traded an insurrectionist for their king, for the king that had come to visit them, for God who had come to visit them. 
And so they put Jesus on the cross and they looked at him and they called him a loser. I want to think about that word loser this evening. I want to consider it because loser, no one wants to be a loser. No one wants to be the team that, that has, if you're, if you're supporting a team, no one wants to be the team that comes out on bottom. No one wants to be second place. No one wants to be the Buffalo Bills, who in the early 90s, what was it, they lost four Super Bowls in a row or four in five years, something like that? No one wants to be a loser. And we hesitate to claim that title of loser. But yet, let's think about being a loser. Because if we look at the cross, and if we look at Jesus on the cross, then the cross calls us to get comfortable with losing, at least in a worldly way. When we look at the cross, we see Jesus being willing to lose. And if Jesus is willing to lose, then we follow him into the loss. We take that loss as well. We take this loss because in following in the way of the cross, several things happen. And in each of these things, at each of these points, the world could call us losers. And we need to get comfortable with that. If we take victory in the earthly way, it will never look like the cross. Victory in the earthly way calls us to dominate with no regard or remorse for who or how we're dominating. The world calls us to be conquerors. The world calls us to be colonizers. The world calls us to come out on top no matter what the price is. The cross doesn't look like that. In fact, the cross exposes all of that power. Here is a man that they couldn't pin anything on. Here is a man who had truly done nothing wrong. We're not talking about one of these mafia bosses that, that they said it was, was, the, it was the Teflon Don who they would try to put all of these charges on and nothing would stick. Jesus had done nothing wrong. They had tried. They gave it their best shot. The Pharisees took a shot. The Sadducees took a shot. 
no one could get anything on Jesus because he had done nothing wrong. And so when they couldn't dig up any dirt on him, when they couldn't find any way to, uh, to, to overcome him that way, what did they do? They did the only thing they knew how. They lied and they killed. Now the, the thieves, the other people, the thieves, the insurrectionists, the, the other people who had done something to deserve, the murderers, the other pe- people who had done something to deserve death on a cross, they're mocking him. They're saying, if you've got the power, you can come down from that cross, couldn't you? And it's absolutely true. Jesus could have. Jesus had everything at his disposal in a different gospel. He says, I could call 10,000 angels. He had everything at his power. But that wouldn't be the cross. That would be the ways of the world. That would be these earthly power structures that make sure that power is enforced by violence. Jesus wants us to know how the kingdom of God takes place, how the kingdom of God comes into our world. And the kingdom of God comes into our world by taking the loss, by being the loser. By being the loser, we expose all of these violent powers that operate in our world and make sure that people who have no power are kept that way. But we take the loss to expose this power. We take the loss because we trust God more than we trust the earthly powers. Jesus didn't go to the cross easily. We heard his prayer. We heard the prayer that Jeannie was supposed to read, but I got mixed up. We heard the prayer of Jesus. He would have taken a way out. He was okay with that. But when there was no other way, he trusts God. He says, not your will, but mine. And to be a loser in this way takes a lot of faith. To be a loser like Jesus, takes a tremendous amount of confidence that the God who called the heavens and the earth into being by a word is the God who will catch you at the moment of your death. To be a loser the way that Jesus was a loser means to say that I am not going to cling to my life at any cost to anybody else, but rather I am going to allow this life to be taken from me because I trust the God who waits for me on the other side of it. You can't do this without knowing who God is. You can't do this You can't can't be a loser like Jesus without a tremendous amount of confidence 
that God is God. Because otherwise we want to step into that role. And even though Jesus was God, Philippians chapter 2 tells us, he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. And instead he took the form of a servant and enduring suffering and shame, even death on a cross. Jesus wasn't going to cling to his own life for the sake of it because he knew the Father. He was well acquainted with the Father. He spent time in prayer, even though Jesus was God. He spent time in prayer to the Father. He spent time, even from from a boy of 12, asking questions in the synagogue to get to know his Father. And in the end, Who does he cry out to but his father? Why should we accept the call to be losers? We do it because Jesus did. We take the call to be losers because Jesus wasn't afraid to lose. Jesus wasn't afraid to go to the cross and to endure everything that was involved with the cross. Jesus did it. And we follow in the steps of Jesus. We can lose every day of our lives if we're following Jesus. Paul tells us that we are more than conquerors. And this is true. We are more than conquerors because Jesus conquered first and we associate ourselves with Jesus. His death has become our death. And before Jesus could become a conqueror, he had to defeat death. And that meant looking like a loser in the world's eyes. In the power structures of this world, we're a loser every time we choose to suffer instead of forcing somebody to suffer on our behalf. We're a loser whenever we give our time, our money, our efforts, our love, our heart to a way that may not bring material benefits to us immediately, if ever. We're a loser if we follow the way of Jesus, even if it means following it to an end that may seem like a dead end. Being a loser in the way of Jesus doesn't mean that we are ever going to be a church of thousands. Because I'm convinced that following the ways of Jesus does not lead to wild popularity amongst the people who are in power in this world, but following the ways of Jesus leads us directly into the love 
of those who are pushed to the side, whose backs are against the wall, who are disenfranchised, the people who died all around Jesus, the people that we see every day. We may be a loser, but we're losers, and when we're losers in the way of Jesus, On the other side of that loss, we know there's something else. We know there's a hint of something breaking through. And we may know, and we may be confident of this, but to put ourselves in company with Jesus We have to live it. His loss has to become our loss. His death has to become our death. We can't be afraid to lose. Because when we follow this way of Jesus, we find ourselves in very good company indeed. And we can realize what the love of God the Father truly looks like in our world. And our world can see it. Because our world doesn't need more people who want to win. Our world has enough people who want to win. Our world needs people who are willing to lose.